0: Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, thanks for joining me. This one's going to be a bit of a long one, at least longer than it normally is, so please bear with me. Christians understand or should that as we move ahead to what we call the future, but soon to be the present, well, things will worsen. We understand that this is the case solely because God's word tells us that things will become more troublesome as we approach the last portion of the end times known as the final seven years of human led history, also known as the tribulation. Now I've refrained from saying when this seven year period will begin officially, because I don't know. In fact, in spite of all the prognosticators out there today, no one actually knows Looking across the global landscape, I'm seeing something that appears to be repeating itself from the 1970s. During that past decade, an industry rose up regarding end times, theology, and thought. Millions of books were sold, one prophecy conference after another occurred, and many theologians and Bible teachers became household names. When the rapture did not happen, as predicted any moment now, And when the tribulation did not officially begin, it hasn't begun, it hasn't happened yet, well, things petered out and people lost complete interest in prophetic discourse. And I'm seeing a repeat of that today. There are numerous people who are, I guess what you'd call, headliners in the current end times prophecy circuit. They all have each other on their radio or YouTube channel shows. They all talk about how things are progressing rapidly toward the start of the tribulation— they've written books and many are buying them no matter what they preach about it all seems to sum itself up in jesus is coming soon well in reality there is nothing that presumes this is reality except for the passing of one day to the next it is abysmally absurd that many of these people as as well-meaning as they may be continue to pound their prophecy pulpits emphasizing their belief that Jesus is going to call his people home sooner than soon. I've heard we are on the cusp too often by too many, and it is frustrating to say the least. Now, in the meantime, Satan is probably laughing, even though he does not know the exact day or hour that the rapture occurs, or when the tribulation officially begins, or when Jesus will actually come back. His attempts to insert a timeline into the talkings, the goings on of Christendom is a big farce as, you know, as much as him getting people to believe he doesn't exist. The truth is, is that we have zero clue as to when the future events will officially take place. We do not even know when events within the tribulation will occur. We just know that there is a listing of such certain events in Scripture. Are they absolutely chronological? Do they happen in quick succession? Or are they spaced out or a combination of both? I'm really tired of all the pre- professional prognosticators out there selling their wares and increasing the hype. The tribulation could be years away, as well as the rapture. People are acting as though both of these events are immediately around the next corner. So if you hold your breath, you won't die. Just, hey, just wait for it. They could be. But they could not be. Too many are focused only on future events. And because of that, evangelism may be going by the wayside. Isn't that more important? Certainly, we can use prophecy as a springboard into evangelism, but maybe that's not being used as much as it should be today. The Christian's job is, yes, to look forward to the coming of our Lord and Savior, our meeting with him, our going to him. Most likely, for most of us, it's going to be in death, and most of us are just simply going to die natural deaths before he comes. We may die before the tribulation actually begins. So what do we do in the meantime? The most important job Christians have is to spread the gospel. We do that by our word and our lives. If it can be done in discussion of future events, wonderful, If the sole focus is on future events, well, there's a problem. I have a sneaking suspicion that the current fad of prophetic discourse will eventually peter out to nothing as it did in the 1970s. Now, this doesn't mean that the Bible is not true or that God has not revealed the future. It simply means that people's understanding of timing related to future events is wrong. I've stated numerous times that the world is not getting better, and in fact, I fully believe that the world, and especially the USA, are experiencing the downfall described by Paul in Romans 1. Having said that, is that enough information to put an actual end date on this country or any other country? No, not at all. Look look how long the Roman Empire existed, even after it began to fall. It took over 1,500 years. No one could have or did predict the exact date the Roman Empire officially ended. Though we can look back and see where it began or see where the end began from our perspective. The same thing applies to the USA and the world in general. We see it daily. For instance, eugenicist Bill Gates had another one of his tabletop exercises this past October, Just a few months ago, the goal was to determine the world's response to yet another massive pandemic that might overtake the world soon. Gates seems to have the uncanny ability to predict one pandemic after another. And this guy is not even a scientist or a doctor. He's simply a guy that got rich by stealing someone's ideas from another software company. But anyway, he predicts one pandemic after another as his Event 201 tabletop exercise successfully predicted the coming of what turned out to be COVID-19. Should we listen to Bill Gates? Well, with this latest tabletop exercise that took place this past October 2022 called Catastrophic Contagion, here's a brief summary of it. The exercise simulated a series of WHO Emergency Health Advisory Board meetings addressing a fictional pandemic set in the near future. Participants grappled with how to respond to an epidemic located in one part of the world that then spread rapidly, becoming a pandemic with a higher fatality rate than COVID-19 and disproportionately affecting children and young people. Quote, unquote. Well, like COVID-19, this new as yet unnamed pandemic would begin in one corner of the world and quickly spread throughout the globe. Interestingly enough, this particular pandemic will allegedly be more fatal to young children and young people, as noted. But never fear, because representatives from all over the world working with The World Health Organization leading the charge will do whatever it takes to neutralize this upcoming pandemic. But of course, they'll need our full cooperation. Now, it seems that in the current world of today, pandemics are becoming the norm. And intelligent people ask why this is the case. Health experts spout the science, which seems to always be changing, though they tell us it isn't. What they say actually changes is new information that shed light on the problem, providing more knowledge. And because of that new information, well, approaches to these pandemics must be modified. So they're always in flux. Well, the problem is that they clearly do not believe this because they're so adamant about how they think each pandemic should be handled at the beginning. We were specifically told that lockdowns, mask mandates, and social distancing was the best approach for COVID. Medications like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were panned and still are, said not to be effective and essentially could result in death because, oh gosh, they wouldn't do anything. It was simply best to wait for the vaccination, they said, which we were originally told would be about 95% effective by Dr. Fauci. So the world waited. While some doctors tried to calm fears and provide factual information about the two medications I just mentioned, the MSN and everyone else came out to ridicule those doctors and anyone who thought taking either of the two medications would result in healing and wellness. It was a full court press to deny people a choice in how they were treated. People died that might have been saved, but that didn't matter because the science was in and it was clear at least up to that point don't argue with the science folks no matter how often it changes now there is so much information available on these two medications that uh, as well as supplements that are said to help achieve wellness and detoxing of the body of that dreaded spike protein it's difficult to deny yet these same experts manage to continue to deny and or ignore all the information and data we are experiencing across the globe a huge uptick in sudden deaths all over the world. Children as young as six, and in some cases even younger, to 20-something-year-olds and middle-aged people. These include athletes in tip-top shape and others generally in good to excellent health. They're dropping like flies, and the government-appointed experts ignore all the deaths Or shill journalists write articles on how much is too much exercise, particles in the air, too much laughter, and more. All of this can now cause heart attacks. Yet these things have never been a problem before this. What changed? Gosh, it must be climate. Yeah, that must be it. In Fresno, California area hospitals, and this is just one example, the stillbirth rate went up from six per year to about 20 per month in 2022. And I've got links for these in the transcript. How does that happen? Are those babies laughing hysterically in the womb? Are they exercising too much? Are the particulates in the air that are said to cause strokes or heart attacks somehow getting inside the womb to attack them? It's all absurd, but we're supposed to believe it. We're supposed to believe that this is all normal, no big deal, don't be concerned. Well, is catastrophic contagion something to be concerned about? They want us to believe it is. It appears the world is once again being set up to be on the receiving end of a great deal more subterfuge and lying from self-appointed experts who will decide if and when we need to once again mask up, social distance, and eagerly submit to any new jab pushed by the medical establishment. Is all of this ushering in the tribulation? Well, not directly. No, it isn't. We're getting there because one day passes and the next one comes along and then it passes and the next one comes along. These are events that occur to make it more palatable and easier for the tribulation to occur, but they don't have a direct impact on it. So if the experts are right about this pandemic, we will increasingly see the natural reaction, I think, from taking the jab itself. There will be more people dying suddenly and or dealing with severe reactions that create life And misery for them, for the rest of their lives. The government will continue not to care, and they'll disregard any and all questions and concerns about the possibility of the next pandemic simply being, for the most part, a natural result of all those who took the jab and ended up with severely compromised immune systems. As a matter of fact, some are investigating the possibility that the connection between, uh, what is it, strep A and deaths are actually a result of the jab, not of COVID or another pandemic. We're now learning that the mRNA component allegedly also has the capacity to change personalities. Isn't that nice? We know that, for instance, dementia, Alzheimer's, and other issues with the brain can cause many problems and change in an individual's personality. Well, now it appears that the mRNA jab causes onset of dementia and other issues, That also changed the personality of the individual. And the article I've linked to explains it from a scientific basis. But be warned, that linked website where the article is, oh, it is seen as a treasure trove of misinformation by the government appointed experts and their hirelings. If you go to Wikipedia, they'll tell you that is a major British misinformation site. So you do the research, you decide for yourself, there are ways to cross check and reference everything. People have been playing God with society for decades, and the results are becoming clear. To globalists, people are simply Frankenstein's monster, where they believe, the globalists believe, they can use us for any experiment they want to try out to see how things work. The people in control essentially suppress the truth in unrighteousness, Romans 1.18. These folks have an agenda, and it appears to coincide with the spirit of Antichrist as this world is increasingly overtaken by that spirit. We hear lie after lie after lie as if the truth and uh, are expected to believe those lies as truth— because it's coming from the anointed experts. Anyone not anointed, they say should be avoided, panned, ridiculed, censored. We are warned that we should in fact do everything we can to avoid them and even turn in those folks, call them out, who continue to traffic in dismal or misinformation. There are said to be these are said to be the real problems in society, and something must be done about them. Yet, why has neither Fauci or anyone else who thinks as he thinks been willing to publicly debate the science? Instead, doctors and other medical professionals are panned, harassed, and silenced instead of publicly given the opportunity to present their case, to defend their case, and let the chips fall where they may. Does anyone not think this is troublesome? So if Fauci and the rest actually have the science on their side and expect us to fall in line behind them without question, why are they so intent on not allowing any dissension or discussion or honest questions? Smells like outright fascism to me, where opposing opinions are simply shut down because they are opposing opinions. In a free society, there should be open discussion with lots of questions and answers. Instead, we get sarcasm, remonstration, and more. Something is desperately wrong. Globalists are putting continued pressure on the entire global society. Everything from climate change to pandemics. They're overwhelming society, all in an effort to fear people into giving up their freedoms and rights willingly in order to allow the government to keep us safe. Every dictator that I'm aware of has used that phrase in one form or another over the society they dictated to. And it always, always ended up bad for the people in that society. It is an effort to victimize people using their worst fear, which is of death, to gain supremacy over global society. Now, the Bible warns us repeatedly that the only thing fearing we should do the only fear we should entertain is a healthy fear of offending god if you as a christian fear a disease you may need to think about adjusting your thinking so does all of this and more mean that the rapture or tribulation is right around the corner well that would be an unequivocal no There are too many people today who believe the tribulation has already started. They can list all the judgments they believe have and are happening now. They can tell you that the mark of the beast is the jab. Some people believe that we are in the middle of the tribulation. These people should step down and stop promoting lies because that's what they are. They're wrong. If we look carefully at the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, Jesus provides one specific sign that should be used to alert Jews, especially, that something is seriously wrong. The warning Jesus points to is seen in Matthew twenty-four, fifteen 15-22, where he specifically notes that quote, "...an abomination of desolation unquote, will take place, and when the Jews see that occurring, they should literally run for the hills." For us today, this particular sign occurs in the middle of the tribulation. The Antichrist will already be in place. The world will know who he is, and they will have already started to follow him, and they will begin to look at him as the Savior because of what he does in the Middle East, creating peace, or at least confirming a covenant that enables peace. Jews during this time will also initially be taken in by this dude, actually believing he really does want peace between Israel and Arab nations, and he's going to protect Israel. That's what they'll think. The Antichrist, however, is only in it for what he can get out of it, and he ultimately wants people to worship him. That's the game plan, the end game, the all game. So, of course, Antichrist will push for peace in the Middle East, He wants the Tribulation Temple to be built in Jerusalem, and he wants Jews to start worshiping there again. Now, once that is up and running, he can then walk into the holiest of all and declare himself to be God, demanding that people worship him as God, 2 Thessalonians 2. That's the only reason Antichrist wants peace in the Middle East. Those Jews awake at that time in the future, will realize they've been bamboozled and get out of Jerusalem quickly for their own safety. When will all this happen? Hmm, well, at the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation, three and a half years in, roughly. Okay, so when will that happen? What date? I have no idea of the day or date, and neither does anyone else. The only actual countdown that can begin is when the tribulation officially starts. For those who believe the rapture occurs, for instance, in the middle of the tribulation or at the end of it, as soon as the tribulation begins officially, they can start counting down immediately at that official start. Using 360 days per year, the Jewish calendar will get them to the exact midpoint or endpoint of the tribulation, and they can then put a tack or a thumbtack or a mark or something on that calendar for that day that the rapture is supposedly going to happen. Even though Jesus says no one will know the day or hour, Matthew 24, 36. That's also in the Olivet Discourse. Now, the truth is that we actually know precious little about future events the Bible speaks of. We really don't know that much. And I believe that's so for two reasons. It keeps Satan off balance because he doesn't know either. And it keeps Christians going motivated by faith in him. Instead of faith in certain events, I think it's important, I can't emphasize this enough, to know what is going on in this world and where it looks like we're heading. But I do not believe we can or should set our clocks or calendars by that knowledge. With everything that is happening in the world, maybe the best way to approach things is not to assume the rapture or tribulation is going to happen tomorrow. We're on the cusp, it's right around the corner. Maybe the better approach is to understand that God controls all things and that his strength in us, through us, is made perfect, in our weaknesses, 2 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. You know, lately I've begun realizing that at nearly 66 my life is on the downside. You may not think so if you're my age, but what I'm saying is I might not have much longer to live. I have no idea of the day or hour I will die. I could die tomorrow, I could die in ten years. I don't know. It's just when you get to be this age, you start thinking, oh well, I'm getting close to the finish line here. I didn't just start out this race. I've been running for a while and I'm on the downside. I will die one day. It will simply happen. Because of this growing realization, I honestly want to do all I can to be a light to those who live in darkness. I don't want to be ultra-focused on the end times, though I believe studying that subject is very important. As I've said numerous times before, if for no other reason, it emphasizes God's sovereignty. Really, who cares what Bill Gates, Nazi Klaus, Yuval Noah, Harari, or other brainiac globalists think and say or try to accomplish. It's good to know what's happening in the world and where things seem to be taking us. But it's not good to be engulfed by fear because of those things. Get off social media. Put your phone down for a while. Stay off the Internet for a while. Live life. Look for opportunities to witness, to spread God's love, to be vessels of blessing to others. These things are within your ability to accomplish. Controlling what Bill Gates or any other globalist does? It's not. Oh, and by the way, before I sign off today, I heard about this music group through Robert Malone's Substack. And it's five times August, and I actually think it's just one individual. He has very good music, and I've included a video link to sample it so that you can see what's happening and hear what's happening it's called jesus what happened to us and he's not using jesus as a swear word there i think refuse li- refuse nicks like myself will certainly enjoy this well that's it for today and thanks so much for joining me and until we meet again i pray that god will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective.